mentioned that we were hiring, when we announced that Bill was leaving, we announced that uh, Keith was going to take his place, and then we announced uh, that Brent was going to stay where he was in, for fifth and sixth grade, and then we announced that Evan Miranda was going to be uh, taking over for Keith's really, Keith area for seventh and eighth grade, but some of you may not know who Evan is, so that is Evan Miranda. So I wanted to make sure that you saw his picture. Uh, we also announced that uh, tomorrow, actually, we'll have a new pastor of operations, okay, and his name is Joe Flores, and he will be here tomorrow, and that's Joe. So that's the pastor of operations. We're still looking for pastor of adult ministries, and so c- please continue to pray for that. Joe actually put his house up for sale this week, and it sold yesterday. So that's good, um, but uh, some of you may be uh, being asked to give up your basement. No, not really. Um, he lives in Murraysville and will be coming uh, to Butler again. Tomorrow's his first day, and they've been looking for a house, so you can be praying for them as well. But we wanted you to at least see uh, those men, their faces, and uh, make sure that you knew who they were, and you'll get to know them a little more uh, as the year progresses, I am certain. I have a couple of questions for you uh, this morning. Always, I feel like uh, when I'm asked to preach, God starts to ask me questions about me, about my life, And really, usually what I do is I just pass those on to you. And so the question that, uh, one of the questions I want to ask you this morning is, have you ever met someone that you just really, you just didn't really connect with? I mean, you just didn't really like them. Okay, you're laughing. I don't want to know why. Um, I did did just meet you earlier. No, I'm just kidding. Have Have you ever done that? Just someone that you just, you know, you just didn't quite mesh with. You know, that, that, I want to let you know, that, that happened to me um, not too long ago. Uh, you just meet someone, and after a few minutes, you just sort of think, yeah, I, you know, I don't think so. So, that happened to me again a, a, quite a while ago. I met someone, and, and, and our work brought us together, and I mean, I just didn't really like him that much, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, he was, he was a nice guy. Um, he was actually a Christian and Missionary Alliance pastor, so, so he was a fine guy, but, you know, I just decided kind of early on, I, you know, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to like this guy. The, the way he talked, the way he communicated, he seemed to me to be sort, sort of kind of one of those people that are ultra-spiritual, and I, that, I just don't like that. Uh, and, and so, because we had to worked together quite a bit, I would come back for my times with him, and I would talk to Den a little bit about it and say, you know, just the way he communicates, I, I'm just struggling with it. I'd talk about how I felt just being with him and, and having to, to work with him, sort of my struggles with that. But what was interesting is this. Over time, it began to change. I mean, I, I actually got to know him, and I started to find out, actually, that he had a great heart. And really what I found out is that we were a lot alike in many ways. He, he, he had similar passions. He, his mind, he, he had a mind for strategy. He was a visionary. We, we, I mean, we had a lot in common. And as we really started to spend more and more time together, I mean, I, I developed, I mean, I liked the guy. And I started to see his strengths. And in fact, he, in, in a couple areas of his life, he began to be a person that I wanted to emulate and imitate like we talked about last week. But, you know, I had misjudged him from the start. What I had thought was sort of his, uh, I, I kind of felt like he was preaching at people at times, not talking to people. But what I realized is 
there was a little bit of his communication style, but he really just had a deep desire to serve people and to minister to people. I'd been wrong about him, very wrong about him. I began to, to really see his heart and understand who he was. And, and we, are, we are friends, maybe not after he hears this, um, <laughs> but we are, we are friends. But the truth is, you know, that judgment that I made of him uh, up front after just knowing him a very short period of time, I mean, that made it difficult for him to sort of overcome that, that judgment that I had made, to be honest with you. It's a, I think we all do that at times, don't we? Probably a few of you in the back row don't, but most of us do. We, we sort of meet someone for just a few minutes, and we put them in the no category, right? Uh, and, and sometimes, if we're honest, I think we don't even meet people. We, we just see them. You know, we sort of see what they look like or who they're hanging out with or what they're doing, and we just, we just put, them in, put them in the no category. You know, I, it's not someone I want to get to know. It's not someone I'm going to like, so why waste the time? We do that at times. And that doesn't just happen with people outside the church. That's what I just told you. Is I did that with a, a guy that was another Christian Missionary Alliance pastor. I mean, it happens with believers as well. Now, I hope that you all have been coming here long enough to know, I hope this isn't a surprise to you, that that's really not what we're supposed to do, Right? Hopefully you're not saying, really? I hope you're not writing that down. I'm not supposed to do that. No, we're not supposed to act that way, but I think we do at times. We, we, we judge people, and we judge them often inappropriately, to be honest with you. Scripture makes it clear that, especially for those of us that are believers, those of us in the, in the family, because we're called brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not supposed to treat one another that way. So how are we supposed to treat one another. Well, I'm so glad you asked because that's what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to be back in 1 Peter chapter 1, the same place we were last week, and we're going to continue. We're going to start in verse 18. 1 Peter chapter 1. If you were here last week, hopefully you remember that we talked about we are to be holy in all that we do. We are to be holy because God is holy. In this week's passage, Peter continues to remind them about God's grace and the hope they have and that that hope will last for all of eternity. And then he gives them further instruction on how they're to live their lives. He said before, be holy in all you do. Now he's going to give them further instruction as he tells them how they are to treat one another. So follow along with me, if you would, in verse 18 of 1 Peter chapter 1. It says this, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you, from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last days for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. So Peter, in verses 18 to 21, he is reminding them again. He continues to talk about the salvation that they've received, the grace that they have received from God. 
he reminds them that the plan of salvation was known to God from the beginning of eternity, but that it was shown to them, he says, recently as Christ then was finally sent to the earth during their, their, their lifetimes. They heard that gospel message, Peter says, and they responded. And he reminds them that their salvation didn't come cheap. It was Christ's precious blood, he says, that bought their salvation and certainly ours as well. And then Peter comes to the main command of this section of Scripture in verse 22. He, he, he says a couple of things, and then he issues them a, a command. He says this. He, he says, now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. I don't know if that strikes you as odd, but he says, hey, you're loving one another, so what I want you to do is love one another. It's basically what this verse says. Well, why does he do that? I think he, he's reminding them that they, they are, in fact, loving one another. They haven't just accepted Christ. They haven't just received salvation. They're starting to look more and more like Christ. The sanctification process is evident in their lives. That's what Peter is saying. And, and he's, he says to them again in this passage that leads up to that verse 22, he reminds them again how much Christ loved them. He loved them so much that he died for them. And then it's right after he's done talking about that, he says, and you are to love one another. It's, it's what it's First John says, that it says, we are, so sorry, it says, uh, we are to love because he first loved us. Peter's just reminding them of that. And he tells them that they should love deeply from the heart. And that really means, uh, some translations say, fervently. So it's genuine, genuine love, not play acting, but deep love. He's telling them not to simply act like they love one another, but to really love one another from a pure heart without any ulterior motives. Peter's saying, don't love so that you get something out of it. Just love because it's the right thing to do. So that's his command. It's not complicated. Peter is saying to them and to us, Love one another deeply with a genuine love. That's what we are to do as brothers and sisters in Christ, as part of the same family. He's not saying it's okay to judge someone internally, but, you know, just act like you like them on a Sunday morning. That's not what he's talking about. It's way beyond that. You know, I told you earlier about that time I judged a person wrongly. Thankfully, we had a relationship that was kind of forced on us for a while that made me, gave me the opportunity to overcome that judgment, if you will. I'd like to tell you that that's the only time I've judged someone in the last five years or five months or five weeks. Okay, I won't say five minutes because that'll kind of get really un uncomfortable. I'd like to tell you that it doesn't happen, but, but it does at times. And I think, again, as I said earlier, I think it does for, for all of us. You know, I think when we judge, we, we put a wall, really, around our hearts. And we just say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let you in. And when we put that wall around our hearts, we decide we're certainly not going to make any attempt to get to know that person. And if we don't know them and they don't know us, then we really can't possibly love one another. There's a barrier, there's a wall that we've put there that makes that impossible. 
As I've thought about this topic this week, I think that that judgment most often happens with people who are not like us. They're, they're dissimilar to us in some way. So here's why that's interesting, I think. Look around. Really, look around. Look around the people that are five rows, three rows, two rows, right down the aisle from you. You know, just check it out. It's an interesting view from here, let me say. Here's the thing that's interesting. I think one of the coolest things about Community Alliance Church is also the same thing that makes this verse a challenge for us at times. Because there really is diversity in our body. Now, there's not a lot of ethnic diversity. There is some happy about that, but there's not a lot of ethnic diversity in Butler. But there's still diversity. If you look around, there's people that are dressed very similar to you, I'm sure. But there are also people that are dressed quite a bit differently than you. We're dissimilar. There, there are people that, if you, again, look around, there are people with tattoos in this place. There are people in this place, you'd have to pay a lot of money, they still wouldn't get a tattoo. It's okay. There are people with suits and ties, I think, I have to find out if there's anybody. <laughs> Gotta be. And there's people with shorts and t-shirts on. It's fine. But it's different. We're not all the same. It's not sort of a, a cookie-cutter body, if you will. And, and the truth is, if church, when their churches are about 100, 150, I mean, you can see it when you walk in. There's usually like, you know, there's that one couple or that one family that are different. But everyone else is kind of, a lot of the times, they look the same. They are the same. That's not true about us. That's great, but it makes this verse at times a challenge. Now, here's the thing. I, I, we have, I said we have diversity. I looked up that word. I like to look up words and, and synonyms. So here's a few synonyms for the word diversity. Assortment, mixture, variety, it's fine. Here's some more fun ones. Hodgepodge. Okay, we are a hodgepodge. We're a mishmash and a jumble. Those are the ones I like. So you can go home, someone that wasn't here today, and you can let them know that Pastor Bob called us a mishmash or a hodgepodge. You can pick your own one of those or jumble. But the truth is we are. I'm part of the hodgepodge. It's the way God has drawn us here. It's the way we're created as a body, and we are excited about that. But when you look around, again, you'll see people that are similar to you, and you'll see people that are very dissimilar to you. You'll certainly see people that are younger than you if you look around. Amazingly for me, that number keeps growing more and more that are younger than me. I don't know why. You can't figure that out. And you'll also see people that are older than you. We're not all the same. I talked to a person uh, this week on the phone, and he said, the average age of our congregation is 31. That's really, really young. That mean, and there's about 1,000 people there. So that means there's a lot of really young people there. That's the only way you can have an, an average age of 31. That's not our case, and that's okay. It just makes this verse a challenge for us because we have a tendency to judge people that are different than us. Now, I'm sure you're probably thinking, the folks that are not as young here thinking, well, I've never judged a younger person. 
This is a couple laughter, a little bit. And, and it's the same thing for young people, though. I mean, I can so remember. It's hysterical. It's, those of you that are like 20 and 30, just wait 20 or 30 years. It's hysterical. Because all the things that, that when you were 20 and 30, you thought how, how should I say this? I just say how different they were when they were older. Like now you're the older one. And you're looking around at the younger people. And it's like you're always okay, and it's always the people on the, the older than you and younger than you that have the problem. Have you ever noticed that? So we're a mishmash and a hodgepodge, and that makes it difficult at times for us. And so we can judge people, even the people that we sit beside and we sit around on a Sunday morning. Now, let me get really practical and probably um, hack some people off along the way. About half an hour ago, we were singing. We were being led in worship. There's a good chance that some of the people around you were expressing their worship in a way that was different than the way you were expressing your worship. Is that true? No, I didn't turn around and look. But that's just the way it is because we express our worship differently in this place. I think that it's easy for us to judge people based on how they worship based on what we see. And that can happen again amongst brothers and sisters of the same family of Christ. And it shouldn't be. Certainly, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about worship. I think we, we ho- I, I know that you know quite a bit about worship, right? It's for God and God alone. We know that. It, it's, it's the idea of ascribing worth to him, that word worship. And so that's what we want to do when we are being led in worship. Today we were led in a, in a little bit of a different way, and I had no idea Justin was doing that. He didn't know what I was doing, but it fits really well because it was, it was a little bit different, and he was allowing us to focus on who God is, ascribing worth to him. You know, there's ways to do that. There, there are inward expressions of worship. While we're worshiping, again, just internally, our minds are focused on him. We can, we can give him praise. We can, we can offer thanks to him. That's an inward expression of worship. We can just focus on one of his attributes, or we can be convicted of something in our lives. I know that's happened to me before. I'll I'll be singing, and God will just bring something something up that either I did this week, or it's it's an area of my life that I just want to change, and and I just confess that to him, and I I ask for his forgiveness. That's, That's part of worship. That's an inward expression of worship. There's certainly outward expressions of worship as well. And we know that, and we see many of them, thankfully, exhibited here at Community Alliance Church. We, we know that we can, certainly singing is one expression, outward expression of worship. And we do that every Sunday. And there's a reason for that. Again, it's because we want all of us, when we come together, part of the reason we come together is to worship God. Certainly, uh, there's, there's other outward expressions uh, as well. Clapping our hands is an expression of worship. As long as it's directed to the Lord and giving him praise for who he is, it's a, it's a, it's a great way to express our worship to him. Kneeling and, and bowing is, is a way, again, to express that. Raising our hands to the Lord, those are, those are all acceptable outward expressions of worship to the Lord. But again, I believe at times we get caught up in 
in, in seeing what other people are doing or not doing, and we can judge one another. We can judge whether we're worshiping the right way or not. And what's interesting is, just like in those other areas, it's easiest to judge people that are different than us. So we can start to, to feel like I'm worshiping the right way, and they're worshiping the wrong way. Just like I can start to, I can begin to feel like I'm dressing the right way, which I am, by the way, <laughs> and, and the other group is dressing the wrong way. I'm hanging out with the right people, and they, they aren't. Or I'm doing ministry the right way, and they aren't, right? It's because we're, we're, we're different. So that can happen in worship as well. The problem, of course, is we're, we're seeing things with our eyes, and, and we really have to then judge what's happening internally, which is pretty tricky business. really can't do it. Because worship really is, again, it's that focusing of our mind and our heart on who God is and ascribing worth to him. So what we're physically doing may or may not uh, connect with what we're actually doing internally. Here's the interesting, interesting thing about worship. There are, there's really very little instruction given in, in Scripture about how to worship, how to do it. You know, there are certainly examples of all the things I just mentioned, internal, inward expressions, outward expressions. That's why here in this place and, and around the world, Christians raise their hands and they kneel and they bow and they sing and they clap because there are examples of people doing that in Scripture. But there's no passage in Scripture where we open up and we say, this is how you're supposed to worship. You do it like this. Jesus really didn't talk about worship a whole lot. He was pretty succinct. He said, worship is for God and God alone, and it should be done in spirit and in truth. That's what he had to say about worship. So here's my question then. I mean, why would we possibly judge someone based on their outward expression somehow being different than our outward expression of worship when Jesus doesn't even make that determination. There's no specific right and wrong given. The important thing is that we worship. That's what's critical. How we worship isn't as important as the fact that we do worship. So if this morning, or any other morning for that matter, we're being led in worship and you're standing or sitting and you're not singing and, and your arms aren't raised, but internally your mind is focused on who God is and you're ascribing worth to him and you're giving praise to him, then great, you're worshiping. And if the person beside you is singing loudly and raising their hands or clapping and inwardly they are ascribing worth to God, awesome. Praise God for that. They're worshiping. Here's the problem. If you are sitting or standing and you're not singing and, and you're not raising your hands and you're really kind of wondering what restaurant you're going to go to afterwards or you're reading the bulletin or you're wondering why your spouse can't get ready earlier, then that's a problem because you're not worshiping. And if you're singing loudly and raising your hands 
or clapping, and really, you're thinking, I wonder what restaurant I'm going to afterwards. Because, you know, the songs you know, we can sing the songs and be thinking about something else. Heck, I'm thinking about something else right now. No, not really. <laughs> but that's a problem because then you're not worshiping. The issue is worship. We need to be worshiping. Because one of the main reasons we come together is to hear the preaching of the word, but it's also to worship. All that's, that's done on a Sunday morning up front on this stage, the, the songs that are chosen, the words to those songs, the scripture verses that are put on the screen at times or that you hear read, they're all designed to help us as a, corporately, as a group, and individually to worship the almighty God of the universe. That's what we are supposed to do. Now, I think that at times, our worship should be energetic. It should be joyful. I, I think that's scriptural. I think there's reason for us to be joyful and to rejoice. But I think other times, our, our worship is going to be more, uh, more subdued. Let me give you a couple of examples from scripture. It's the same person worshiping in different ways. So David, in 2 Samuel, it's a passage that talks about he's, he's worshiping the Lord. It says that he danced with all his might before the Lord. Now, we don't know what that looked like, and I guarantee you don't want to see me dance, but it pleased the Lord. That worship pleased the Lord. That's clear in Scripture. Later on in 2 Samuel, one of David's children, his, his infant child, dies. And it says that then David went up to the house of the Lord and worshiped. And I, I guarantee you, I, I don't know exactly what that worship looked like, but I, I know it wasn't as joyous. It wasn't as joyful. It wasn't as energetic. And it probably didn't include dancing for David at that moment. But both times he was worshiping. So again, there's no right way and wrong way. I, I, I think that at some, some Sundays, I, I personally, I, I'm more energetic, more outwardly expressive. Other Sundays, I'm not. That's going to depend on our personality some. It's going to depend on the life situations that we find ourselves in. But in any situation and in any, person, any personality that we have, we need to worship. We're commanded to worship. And we're also commanded to love one another rather than judge one another. So, I don't know how long that took, but that was like Pastor Bob's Guide to Worship, everything you didn't really want to know and didn't ask but got it anyway. So there it is. But why do I bring all that up? I bring it up to say this. It's easier to judge than it is to love brothers and sisters in Christ. So let's get back to that topic I mentioned this before, in order for us to love one another, to love someone, we need to know them. It's really incredibly easy to judge someone we don't know. Simple, easy, happens all the time. But it's really impossible for, for us to really love someone we don't know. We can, we can be compassionate to them, we can be loving to them, but to really love them, it takes a relationship. It takes a relationship. And so what I'm saying, if you think through that, that means that I don't think there's a single person here that can love everyone 
because I don't think there's probably a person here that knows everybody in this place and certainly doesn't know the next group that's going to come as well and sit in those chairs. See, when Peter wrote this, it was, it was about 30 plus years, a little bit more than 30 years after Christ died. The churches were still pretty small, a lot of mostly house churches. I mean, everyone knew one another. And so the relationship was given. If you were in a, in a church together, in a body together, you, you knew one another. But in our situation, we can certainly, again, be nice. We can respect one another. We can be compassionate. We can, be, we can show love. But we have to have a relationship in order to really love one another. It's why part of the reason that our vision statement says we want to be intentional in relationships. Because without relationships, we can't possibly know one another and be known by them and love then one another. Here's the thing, and I think you know this. In a church our size, it's possible to come here for a long time. It's possible to come here for years and not have anyone really know you. And it's also possible to come here Sunday after Sunday and really not get to know anyone. You can come and go. We know that's possible, but I want you to know that's not what we want. That's not our desire. What we want, really, is for people to get to know one another so that a relationship can develop and a love relationship, a Christian brotherly and sisterly love relationship can occur and can happen. Now, here's the thing. There are lots of ways to develop those relationships here, right? Small groups, great way to do that. A lot of people have been able to develop relationships and and really grow to, to love a group of people through small groups. Adult Sunday school, provided a great opportunity for people to get to know one another, to build relationships. Look at our men's ministry, our women's ministry. Those, those ministries are really designed to have smaller groups within the larger groups so that relationships are formed and people can get to know one another. You can get to know someone and they can get to know you and a relationship develops. And then, again, a love relationship can develop. There are other groups as well that meet throughout the week. Another phenomenal way to do that is get involved in ministry. Again, part of our mission statement, intentional in, in relationships and service, serving in ministry alongside someone. It's a great way to get to know people and let them get to know you. There's lots of opportunities to do that. In this place, there are groups of people from here that go into the community. And I'll tell you another great way to do it is to sign up to go to the Dominican Republic. I've seen lots of people who didn't know each other at all go on a missions trip and get connected and develop a relationship and a friendship that leads to a love relationship, with, even with their families, not just one person to another person. It's a great opportunity to do that. We want you to get connected because we want you to have these kinds of relationships that Peter is talking about. Now, here's the thing. Those things take some effort. I'm not going to lie. I know it's one of the reasons people come and sit and go and come back the next week and sit because it takes effort. It's not easy. You have to put yourself out there at times. But Peter is saying you've got to love one another genuinely with a committed, deep love. And in order to do that, you've got to know people and you've got to let them get to know you. There's no other way around it. And you've got to come to a place of saying, I'm not doing this for what's, what's in it for me, but rather 
what I can do for the other person. Remember I talked about um, when we judge people, we put a wall around our, around our hearts. We kind of say, you know what, I'm not letting you in, and I'm not going to take any step towards you to get to, to get to know you. Getting involved in some of those ministries, getting connected some way with people, it, it starts to break that wall down a little bit. Little by little, it comes down. It takes some time. And, and we can start to share a little bit more of ourselves, and we get to hear a little bit more about themselves. Again, that, we've seen that happen in, in all of those cases, in small group, in Sunday schools, in men's ministry, women's ministry. And when we're ministering together, it doesn't happen all the time. In fact, this is what I want to say to you. I know that some of you have tried some of those things, and it hadn't worked for you. Don't give up. It might take a couple of tries to find the right group, to find the right fit, where you're comfortable letting that wall come down and letting people really see your heart and see who you are. And then you'll have an opportunity to see who they are as well. That's what Peter's saying we, we need to do. We need to have a relationship with people in this place so that we can love them and be loved by them. And so that's, I, I want to leave you with two questions this morning. Very Similar, they're yes, no, don't answer them out loud. You can answer them to yourself. But they, they really are. They're, they're simple questions because the truth is, this is a simple passage. It's not hard to understand, but it may be hard to apply. So here are the questions. Now, first, one disclaimer. A lot of you have family that attend the church. Family doesn't count for this question that I'm about to ask, okay? So you can't count family. So where's my mother? I don't count. All right? So here's the question. Here's the first one. Are there people here who are part of Community Alliance Church that you, could, that you know absolutely love you? That's the first question. Second question is, are there people here, part of the body of Community Alliance Church, that you love? Those are yes or no questions. But I, I want you to answer them. Because here's the thing. If your honest answer to those questions is no, it's okay. But I want to encourage you to, to change that answer. And the way you change that is by getting connected. By some of those ways that, that I mentioned. Through the groups that are available. Uh, get connected. Because we've been designed, and Peter is telling the, his readers and us today that we need to love one another. And we can only do that as we know people and as they know us. So if he answered no, that's my challenge to you this morning. If he answered yes, I've got a challenge or two for you as well. First thing is, praise God for those people. Just take a minute and praise him. He may have brought them into your life 50 years ago or just recently. But praise God for them. And then the other thing I want to encourage you to do this week is let those people know you appreciate them. and that You're glad that they are in your life. Again, simple. Takes a little effort. But let people know that. That's what Peter's challenge is this morning. That we love one another. And in order to do that, we've got to Stop judging and start loving.
I want to let you know that if you have a prayer need this morning, love to pray with you. I'll be here. The elders will be here. Just something in your life or in your family's life you need prayer for, please come forward. We'll, we'll do that with you. If you want prayer or you want to talk to someone about how you can get connected, come forward. We'll talk to you about that as well, okay? I want to tell you that next week, Keith Kozik will be here, so you won't want to miss that. Uh, he'll be speaking. And, and really, as you leave, I just, I just want to leave you with that challenge. I want you to hear in your, in your brain as you walk out. Don't judge one another. Love one another. Have a great day. Glad you're here. If you need prayer, please come forward. Thanks.